it would be hard for you to continue on with me without us having something in common and some something to anchor to. Oh, this guy and I are kind of like walking through life together. I watched the video and I listened and I was really frustrated, which is how I knew it was true and good. And I, I hoped to remain in an artist-fan relationship with you, but I also need to communicate that my ability to remain part of your fan base is dependent on us kind of having something in common. And so I just communicate this so you don't create a whole bunch of art and then are confused when people like me just aren't participating anymore. I, I've always just felt close to you. Always. This is the airing of grief with Derek Webb. Conversations and correspondence about spiritual de- and reconstruction. Season 1, Episode 1. Stop listening. How's it going, man? It's going okay. Good. Thanks for making a minute to talk today. Oh, it's my pleasure. <clears throat> uh, so yeah. So tell me, tell me what, tell me your story. Tell me what's going on. All right. Well, I created a a, a little five minute presentation. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> to uh, kind of help things, because I know you only got ten minutes. So I, I uh, yeah. It's yeah. Not, it's not so long I, enough, but let's see what we can do with it. Right, right. So I just, I just want to thank you though for doing this. Um, you know, I, I have all your vinyls. Um, I've been, you know, tracking your music for a long time. So I just appreciate this. So oh, man, thank you. Um, is there any way you can turn on video? I'd love to see you. I don't know if you can. Do um, that, no, I'm actually not. Uh, I'm not in a, spo- a spot where I can do video calls. I'm, right. This thing is just it. set up to do audio. I'm so sorry about that. No problem. No, no problem. It's at part all. of like the thing I'm using to record it and everything. So. It's all good. Okay, so basically, um, 1982, I was born into a Christian family, um, uh, really good Christians, and also Democrats, which in the 80s was kind of a cool thing to do. Fascinating. In the 1990s, I was a church camper and a counselor for many years, um, almost 20 years. So, Lead of Love was a big part of you know that. Raised mm-hmm. in a good church, songs like Shifting Sand, um, Christian College, um, and I remember your She Must and Shall Go Free tour. I wasn't a huge fan, but I was kind of interested at the time. Um, mm. After college, I went to seminary in Nairobi, Kenya, because I wanted to wow. uh, understand social justice. And so Mockingbird and Ringing Bell came out. And that's when I like totally was like, oh, this guy and I are kind of like walking through life together. Um, how, how, I don't know if that was true or not. I'm just saying. Wow. Um, 2010, I was ordained as a pastor in a major Christian denomination. Um, uh, I planted a church at that time that was inclusive of um, LGBT people. Stockholm Syndrome and Control came out. Definitely part of that. Um, but then in 2012, I got sick with mono from kissing my girlfriend, and mono became chronic fatigue syndrome, or CFSME, a condition with no known cure. 2013, I lost the ability to feel God's love because of my illness. It was just something in my brain changed. It's like people with depression or whatever. Wow. Uh, and I descended into existential nihilism. Um, I sat my family down at Christmas and told them I was taking a break from calling myself a Christian. Um, 2015, I was too tired to work and eventually too tired to leave the house. And finally, in 2016... I had lost the ability to walk and uh, to talk. And um, around this time, I, I regularly hoped to die, and it was really painful. 2017, through slow research, I discovered a medication that gave me just a little bit of energy enough that I could talk and walk around a little bit. Um, I'm still homebound and bedridden at 
these days and different, some days I have more energy than others. Um, overall, I'm pretty happy with life, but I still am, I live in a lot of suffering and existential angst. And I'm, I'm still, I'm not a Christian still, but, but I'm definitely also not an atheist. I'm kind of stuck in this middle ground. Yeah. And I'm, I actually have a, a bunch of newfound hope around Christian existentialism, which is kind of cool. But let's talk about your album. Um, wow, man. Derek, man, this is like one of the most beautiful records um, that I've ever heard. Uh, definitely the, your finest piece of work. Um, it, it's intricate and intentional. It's haunting. Makes me never want to cheat on anybody. <laughs> uh, so it's just so mournful. Your 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 grief, uh, your ability to, to capture your grief on a microphone is really rare. Uh, my favorite tracks are "Love Is Not a Choice," um, "W No," "Tempest in a Teacup," "Goodbye for Now," "Dodged a Bullet." I'm redeeming this guitar. Um, just wonderful. But I'm wow. I'm also really shocked and disturbed by this album and your existential unraveling and your divorce from the Lord. Um, this is more painful for me, actually, than you having cheated on Sandra or you having divorced. It's, this is, like, really difficult for me. And I actually went through almost, like, seven stages of grief uh, around your album, like shock, then denial, and anger, then, like, bargaining and huh. guilt. And I understand that it's really funny because I, I almost, I, I want to, like, say that I don't know you as a person. Um, I don't have any entitlement over you or anything like that, sure. but I know your art really well, and I have a relationship with your art, and your yes. art is like a part of my life, and it's and it's added uh, uh, definition and and uh, structure to my suffering, my agony, and so, wow. uh, and I I hoped to remain in an artist fan relationship with you, but I also need to communicate that um, my ability to remain part of your fan base is dependent on us kind of having something in common. And so hmm. I just communicate this so you don't create a whole bunch of art and then are confused when people like me just aren't participating anymore. So really what I, I wanted to talk to you today is a little bit about what nominalism is. So nominalism is like when people, they have like a goal or an end in mind and then they just, you know, fashion the truth or God or whatever yes. to fit that end, right? Yes. And it can be yeah. liberal and conservative. They Everybody does it. Um, my, so my concern is that basically you have uh, uh, collapsed or, or in, are in the process of being tempted towards nominalism as seen in your latest album's themes of existential unraveling and self-pity and also kind of in a reverence like uh, towards religion and God as like an Easter bunny and this kind of stuff. So let me talk about a little bit what I mean by this. Um, sure. Basically, you have this quote in the in, in Gloria's Pastures podcast, and I'll, I'll read it to you. Sure. And then I want to point that it's in tension with something Banksy said. So basically, you said, um, I'm not going to make it my job to tell you which songs are which when I'm playing a show, which songs I agree with, which songs I don't, because it frees me up to play all of them um, once I've made my disclaimer. But what I can tell you is, quote, by the end of the night, if I've done my job right, you should be thoroughly confused. You should feel as though, wait, you can't play that. You played that song and that song. You're a hypocrite, and that doesn't make any sense. Um, your response would be correct. It is a contradiction, and I am a hypocrite. And to be a hypocrite and a contradiction is to be a human being. So are all of you, and so is everyone. And I don't even understand why we make the distinction anymore. That's and so yeah. I and then what Banksy says about art is art should comfort the, dis the disturb the comfortable and yes comfort the disturbed. And so like I basically Derek man, I'm a little worried, and I don't know. Worried almost sounds entitled. I'm concerned that this art that I've had a relationship with for the last 20 years, which has given definition to the agony and the suffering and the existential fragility that I've been feeling in my life, um, I'm concerned that you are tilting, uh, you know, like the classical word is sell out or whatever, like you're tilting in a direction of nominalism with like, like you've always said, like 
I have I have lived in with a, in an in a in an agenda of self self destruction or how did you say this before? Oh, like self sabotage. Self sabotage, and it's like it's like oh, I'm gonna fashion the truth, to, and so now it's like all these themes of alcoholism and then like and and, and uh, you know like there's there's almost like a, a it, it's a temptation is to collapse into nominalism um, in that direction is is yeah. is what I'm feeling. It's like oh, let me. You know, self-pity is officially my religion now. Let me formulate my art in order to do that. And then what it becomes is that your art, instead of Banksy comforting the, the disturbed and disturbing the comfortable, it just becomes disturbing everybody. Yeah. You know, that's no, man. That, yeah, no, that, that's that's super fair. And, I, and gosh, I can't tell you much. I appreciate how thoughtful you are about how you've processed all that and, and how you articulated it all. And I mean, my, my like my quick instincts are that I, I actually feel maybe ironically that this is the first time for me that I feel like I'm actually not fashioning the truth after my, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is the first time I'm not doing it. And, um, and, and I, and I, and I, and I actually love that quote, um, that, you know, disturb the comfort, the, the comfortable and, and comfort the disturb. And part of me feels like, do you, what, 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 like my instinct hearing that, because I haven't heard that quote in a while, and my instinct hearing it is, um, I think that there are, I have at least talked to a, a, a few folks who seem like they are disturbed by their inability to reckon reality as they know it with the spirituality that, that they've experienced or believed for a long time, or maybe still believe. And right. I feel like that there has been some, com- there's been... I feel like I've seen actually seen that word come up a lot. Uh, like that, there have been people who have been maybe comforted by it, sure. um, at, and at least in feeling like they're not isolated and alone in it. At least in yeah, feeling yeah. like they're not the only ones experiencing it. And one thing that's, and I wish we had like another hour because you and I, I think, <laughs> would have so many great things to talk about. And I and I hope we do have a chance to talk again sometime. But the my curiosity is because I'm 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 thinking still about something you said early on about like in order to, cause we, you and I have been on a journey for a long time together, yeah. you know, and, um, even though it's been somewhat detached because, you know, because it had like, we haven't done it like this, but the art that I make is an expression of who I am. And, and if you've in, as far as you've had a relationship with that, you, you know, you and I have had and do have a relationship. And you said that, you know, if it would be hard for you to continue on with me without us having something in common and some, something yeah. to anchor to, but with you being where you are spiritually kind of being in, as you said, kind of that no man's land in between just that, that permanent uncertainty, which is a thing that I deeply resonate with. Yep. Do, do you feel as though that's enough that that's something that we have in common of, cause I've no, think I've ever been more obsessed with how high the stakes are and how much I want answers to these questions that yeah, if yeah. God is there and orchestrating all things, I want to know about it. Yeah. And, um, but he's going to have to persuade me, um, yeah, but, and if he, and if he's not there, that's also something I want to know either way. I, I have to know, I feel like I, it matters more to me now than it ever has. And you yep. seem like kind of the same way. It, do you feel like that that's common ground we stand on or, um, well, I don't know, Derek, because I haven't, I'm interested to see your next two or three albums, but basically yes. like, like what you could become is a new institutionalized middleman, no man's land. Like, mm. I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I, I value my purgatory, this neither atheist nor Christian place that I'm in, but I do not institutionalize it. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. 
Yes, and 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 I, I I've thought a lot about that in terms of my not ever. I have no instinct to evangelize where I am and whatever I currently. I'm too uncertain about the whole thing. I'm I. I couldn't possibly, I don't know where I am, so how could I bring anyone here? How could I try to give anyone's coordinates to come and join me? I, and I don't even really want that. I, um, cause I'm, I feel like now I've got a long, you know, you spend 40 years building the grid through which constructing the grid through which you see the world and then you destroy it or it get, or it collapses. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, essentially you have 18 months to rebuild something to see through so that you can make art. I feel like that's the point where I am now. I feel like, um, and so I'm with you and I'm curious to see too. Like, I mean, I don't have a, you know, I don't know. And, and I've actually been thinking a lot about wanting to quickly try and record more and quickly try yep. and say more because I, um, no, there's no need to do anything quick, baby. I'm I, just, just <laughs> slow and organic and, and, you know, but, but my degree to which I'm attached to you as a fan yeah. is the degree to which you refuse to become institutionalized in any shape way shape or form you know that's that man that's super super insightful and really valuable for me to hear and i'll tell you that i feel like i have a good insight i I at least have a good um a good meter by which i feel like i'm aware of that because there have been other points earlier in my career like after mockingbird and ringing bell came out which were a little more political in their nature where where i i actually where and any and much earlier than that with with the early records with kind of the reformed crowd, I feel like I have seen the opportunities to jump in and grab the banner and kind of have people following behind me. I've seen those opportunities and I've always tried to resist them. I'm I'm not ever interested in putting a flag down in the ground, you know, too much. Cause I, cause I need, I know that for me, I need to be able to keep moving. I'm, I want to stay in the stream. I want to be coming into new information. I want to, continue learning and revising and um and what i don't ever want to do is become a poster child for anything because i know how dangerous that can be and i've seen and i mean obviously my favorite most inspirational artist of all time is bob dylan and he's made a you know 70 year career of being no one's poster child (laughs) absolutely he he like deeply uh, was antagonistic towards the hippie woodstock culture like he he was like this like he wasn't even allowing himself to become part of the counterculture because he was so countercultural. That's right. right? Like, like I have this great, you know, what's the the great quote by Bob Dylan is like, play it fucking loud. Yes, exactly. I love that quote. I don't even want to be part of this counterculture. I reject it all. Right. right. And that's why people. And that's the line that you're asked that you're saying you feel like is important for me to walk. Absolutely. I want yeah. you to do that, and I love you, and I care. Well, I, as insofar as your art, I love it, and I, I love you, and I, and I'm just grateful for that. So, man, ah, uh, well, I thank you so much. I mean, I'm really honored. I'm honored by, yep. by that, and and uh, and we we need to talk more sometime. But I can't sure. say how much I appreciate your time today. Yep, man, thanks so much for talking. Yep. Good to talk to you, Derek. Bye. Bye.
letter from Arlington, Virginia. Dear Derek, Nothing I say in this letter will be new to you. No doubt my story is the same as many you're hearing. I was Christian for just a few pivotal years, from age 16 to 25, or thereabout, which was 1993 to 2002. I was only a casual fan of Cademan's Call, and I especially loved Bebo Norman. I was disappointed when Bebo went from an honest, confessional singer-songwriter to writing pop worship music. I never cared for that genre. Even when I was religious, I thought it was manipulative. Cademan's, Bebo, Sixpence, and Sarah Mason, that was the Christian music that made my heart soar, and it still can. Every once in a while, I Google and catch up with you all. So to my surprise, a few years ago, I saw that you were moving in a different direction. That's when I started following you on Twitter. I can only imagine how difficult it is to reconcile a publicly Christian life to where your beliefs are now. It was hard when I realized I no longer believed. I always say I traded God for love. My belief ended when I first fell in love. I had to tell my dear friends that this thing we shared was no longer relevant to me. You've had to tell the world. But my life is so much better now. I love the freedom I find in unbelief. I'm sorry that you've experienced so much pain, but I'm excited for the ways you will thrive as the time and pain passes. I so appreciate the honesty and fingers crossed. Beck's Sea Change was always my go-to breakup album. That album nursed me through my first big breakup, the one that pulled me from Christianity. And I still listen to it when I want to feel bummed. And sometimes I feel hopeful when I listen to it. A new world was waiting for me on the other side of grief. But fingers crossed, a double breakup album? Sea Change has been replaced. I'm sorry you had to go through so much to get here, but damn fine job, sir. Hey man, it's Derek. How's it going? I'm, it's going great, Derek. Hold on a second. I, I'm a, I'm teaching and I'm getting my students set up and I'm going to go to my back oh, office real quick. Gotcha. So, I'll just I'll just yell at them. No, you're totally fine. Yeah. Take your time. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you knuckleheads. I'm just I know. Thank you. I appreciate that, John. <laughs> hey, you guys need to finish Sing Street, yeah? Yeah. You know where it's at, Cameron. Set it up, okay? Guys, just be cool. Give me a few minutes. Voices down. Thank you. I appreciate that, Derek. Thank That's you so no much. <laughs> Sorry if I alarmed you right there. No, I, I love it. I love it. Yell, yelling is my love language. I, no, I it, it, it gives me a good <laughs> sense of uh, the dynamic. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, uh, I teach at a school. It's all special education. It's an alternative campus public high school for kids with wow, okay. anxiety and depression and self-harm behaviors and the thing, things of that nature. Wow, man. Uh, no so kidding. I, it's a it's a really really neat job. That's such a cool cool spot for these you, kids. So you can, must be just remarkably all... wired to be good to. I mean I mean honestly <laughs> Dude, it, it, ta- it takes it takes a really particular and remarkable set of, set of 
gifts, I would imagine, to to it, see it, that as such a great yeah. job because it would be really hard for most people. So well done. It, it is a it's 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 a wild job. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, and it, but it really is just a um, like a confluence of my own life dealing with uh, mental illness at points in my life. Yeah. Uh, and and just really feeling a direct calling and yeah, connection man. and yeah. the so yeah so anyhow that's wow. enough, enough about me no no this is this, this is all about you actually uh, <laughs> that's is. so well, cool well i really appreciate um, you making a few minutes to chat especially in the middle of your school day no you this is this is this is great um it's actually today's my 40th birthday oh happy birthday man i just th- had mine thanks. just a few years ago so i'm i'm with you i know i know what you're dealing with <laughs> I am uh, so when I saw that today was the day that there were openings, it was you know quite serendipitous. Oh man, no so way! Was, it's like magic. W- wow. Yeah. See, it is it's super magical um, because I'm I'm really grateful for for you and for your I don't want to necessarily call it work, uh, hmm. just your your bearing of your soul. Um, you've been so important to me. Huh. Uh, your your words and your um, even just like your musicality in general has just mm. been really impactful on my life, on my faith from, you know, gosh, from the time I was, wow, you know, tw- you know, 22, 23 years old. You know? Right. Wow. It's, it's been, well, I can't say much. I appreciate it. That means you've been really important to mine too. <laughs> Thank you. So thanks um, for that. I mean, so if we're, so if we're here chatting today, that means we must either have something in common or, or, not. Uh, so I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious to hear a little bit more of your story. Um, well, I, let me see, grew up in a, in a Catholic family, okay. uh, moved away to college, um, went through some pretty rough stuff and, uh, you know, was comforted by a lot of friends who were not Catholic. They were, you know, evangelical. Sure. Um, and, and so kind of just opened my, my horizons quite a bit to that. And, with that came exposure to different music genres and whatnot that I typically wasn't. So Cademan's Call became, hmm. you know, some of my favorite. Um, and as I grew over the next, I want to say like 10 years or so from a place of being really uh, fundamental is the cheap way of saying it. Right. Although I think it's, it's a richer term than that. It's more complicated. Sure, but, absolutely. You know, kind of more, more dogmatic um, in my thinking, very linear and to a point of frustration at anybody who thought outside the box. Um, you, your, like your music were like these watershed moments of, I remember hearing certain songs. I remember, um, new law. Hmm. I remember when I, when I heard, uh, heard a new law and my, my pastor at the time, um, well, I was just going to this new church in Los Angeles, and he said, I, "He's like, I think this is the most important piece of of Christian art that's been out." He's like, "In maybe in my lifetime." Oh wow! And I was like, "Okay." And it, uh, and I, I watched the video and I listened, and I was really frustrated, hmm. which is how I knew it was true and good. Huh. <laughs> so I, um, I, I look at moments like that in my life, and your journey, though it, though we're different, yes, um, your your journey is is definitely mirrored mine, I think, in that. And a lot of probably evangelical background males as you grow up and you become a little more exposed to the rhythms of the world mm. and injustices and personal pain and disappointment in church and things. And so 
like I I've always just felt close to you. Always. Yeah, man. Um, wow, and so and so where do we and so where do we find ourselves today? I'm well I'm a huge fan of yours still. Um I think the thing that prompted me to want to reach out maybe was just to um I don't I don't you know what? I don't know. <laughs> right. I, I, we're good. I need you to know that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not I'm not mad at you. Yeah, no, like no. If it's... anything I want to I want to hug you. Sure. I just want you know and just tell you that I get it. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't think I'm in the same spot as you. I have definitely, you know, questioned my faith and still do. I yes. think that's an important part of faith. Yes. Is to put it under the black light. That's right. And um and so with I, all the hard things it sounds like that you've kind of been and fought through, how do you feel how did all of that kind of bear on your the way that you look at the world and the way that you think about God and the way that you like, you know, I'm just because that's, yeah, that, that, that's really, that's the crucible where, where it gets tested right. and uh, a yeah. lot of time. And so, you know, how, how did you navigate that? And how, how did, how did that feel? Um, I am still navigating it. Um, yeah. I think that the, the seasons of my life that have been mo- more difficult or more, um, I don't know, transient than others, uh, have, have been navigated relationships with other people who are, are somewhat somewhere on the same path you know asking a lot of the same same questions and dealing with a lot of the same sense of aimlessness or yes. homelessness maybe yes um, I, I don't I don't necessarily know how to even match the feeling I have to vocabulary which is something right. I tell my students students often a lot of the students who dealt with self-injurious behavior yes um and things is is i i say i think the problem here is not actually emotional it's it's vocabulary wow is you don't wow, you man. don't have you don't have the language to match the sensation that's right and so and so you're and that can be incredibly way. frustrating yeah. I, I think about i think about this all the time actually i've got a i have an eight and a ten year old yeah. and, and i and so i've been through that that time where a lot of people talk about the twos and the threes now how terrible yeah. they are and how, how your kid, you know, seems crazy for a few years. And really to me, what I, what I've observed about why that happens is that around the two or three mark is where a child is at peak preference. And yeah. yet just, just before the threshold of being able to really communicate it. And yeah. so, and it's, so that's why right around four or five, when language gets on really unlocked is when all the tension is released and all of a sudden you kind of, you get your sweet kid back because <laughs> yeah. uh, but 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 the but the thing that's frustrating thing that makes kids angry and that is when they have things that they want things they don't want things they want to say and need to say ways they want to express themselves and they have yeah. no language for it. I mean that's exactly what right. you're describing and I think even from yeah. the earliest stages of development I think that you can observe that and I think that's really insightful. And and I feel like that's part of what what um uh artists and music and art and whatever right. that i have really loved and been comforted by does for me also and the thing that i would <laughs> strive to do is to provide language for people to distill things down and provide language for people to express um things for which they have not previously been able to find language and and oh. like to provide soundtrack you know for people's yeah lives and to distill things that's that's what you hope you're doing and so that's yeah. that's and so for you to describe your work that way say you know i'm not even sure this is 
you know, whatever, it, it, all the things psychological or neurological, or mm-hmm. but it might just be a lack of having words to be able to express what's happening yeah. internally. And that's frustrating. It's really hard. Yeah. So that's incredible. It's so insightful to hear that. Thank you. And, and your, your work has done that for me. Um, your songs have always, uh, it's almost, it's the, it's the, what you haven't sung, um, huh. that has sometimes said the most to me. Huh. It's like you, you've, you've done what good art does is you, you bring somebody to the brink of something and you let them fill in the gaps for themselves. Yeah. How, how, you know, how it matters for them. Well, for them. I really appreciate hearing that. It feels like it's been a learned skill because I, I'm not like a, an abstract poetic type. I'm not wired like a typical artist. I'm more of like a hyper analytical detail, rational type. And so <laughs> my, I feel like when I was younger and not writing songs as well, they were way too specific and way too on the nose and way too <laughs> dogmatic. And I've learned to leave that space and mm-hmm. fascinatingly it's benefited me more than anybody because the songs feel yeah. like they age better in terms of my ability to emotionally connect and stay resonant with them because of the spaces that you leave exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so to hear you say that you have resonated with that or picked up on that too is really a gift. So I appreciate it. You, you got it. And I, um, as far as like your current, your most current, uh, you know the the fingers crossed yeah. and, and and all that. I I I'm I mean I don't want to be you uh, because I can't imagine all right. the kind of different things people say. In fact, you know it's been that way for a while for you. You know you you speak up and mm. everybody tells you to hush and don't say that and don't listen to this guy and stuff. And I just I can't imagine what it's like to be you. You know mm. to have your heart that dissected by people and criticized so often. You're so brave. For, well, for being able to, to do that. Well, I appreciate, I really appreciate that. And, and it feels less brave to me than it feels, um, it actually feels the, it feels selfish. It feels, huh. uh, because it's, Interesting. it's, I mean, I think this work, you almost have to be a narcissist to, to be an artist. I mean, to, to make the presumption that people care what you have to say and that what you have to say <laughs> is worth listening to, you know. But to me, it, 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 it also feels more like an act of desperation. Like it feels yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I kind of don't know what else I would do because this is how I process and this is how yeah. I am. So, so honestly, the fact that you would listen and you would remain in a posture of at least to look for the resonance is I just couldn't be more grateful. I really I, I appreciate how much we've been through. Uh, and that at least for now, you're sticking around. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and man, I, um, yeah, and and I, I have the feeling that you and I could probably sit and talk for hours, and I and I hope we can do that uh, someday. I'm I'm sorry our time is so short today, but it's okay. Um, Don't worry about that. But uh, uh, happy birthday, man! Thank you. This is this has been such a gift for me, and I want you to know that you you continue to inspire me and and just go go your way wherever that is, and I truly believe that is God leading you on your way, even even if that looks like outside of the God box or whatever that the world has built. Yeah. You know, well, and you may be right. And I really, I really appreciate it. And it's the feelings mutual. So thank you, uh, man. It's been great to chat. Happy birthday. Have a great day today. Thank you. Blessings and love to you, buddy. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya.
I want to like say that I don't know you as a person. Um, I don't have any entitlement over you or anything like that. But I know your art really well, and I have a relationship with your art. And your art is like a part of my life, and it's and it's added uh, uh, definition and and uh, structure to my suffering, my agony. And so sometimes I feel hopeful when I listen to it. A new world was waiting for me on the other side of grief. But fingers crossed, a double breakup album. Go your way, wherever that is, and I truly believe that is God leading you on your way, even even if that looks like outside of the God box or whatever that the world has built. Thanks for listening. To add your voice, lend your support, and meet our team, visit theairingofgrief.com. We are a community-backed project. Please consider joining our faithful supporters to help us keep the conversation going. You can learn more at theairingofgrief.com by clicking Become a Patron. And we'll see you after church next Sunday for The Airing of Grief.